Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. We have found... Stone Cold Steve Austin. There he is. Mr. Austin, earlier on, uh, we came to you. We, we missed you. We could hear something going on, but unfortunately, you were unavailable. You could hear something going on for good reason. Do you know where the number one talent in professional wrestling was sitting on his way to Stanford, Connecticut today? He was sitting in C-38C. Do you know where C-38C is? It's right next to the airplane outhouse. Do you know what the number one piece of wrestling talent had for lunch today? It was a little stale sandwich stuffed in a brown paper bag. Now I'd like to say that's what made me sick, but that's not the case. It's seeing Bret Hart whine and cry every time he gets on the WWF TV, and it makes me violently ill to my stomach. If he ain't whining, he's quitting. If he ain't quitting, he's doing something else. It ain't nothing good, and it just makes me sick. I'd like, no, shut up. I'd like to tell you that I was indeed throwing up everywhere, but it goes a little beyond that. All right. Way beyond. In any event, we will come to you a little bit later on. Yeah, you're going to come to me because you got no choice. Someone's going to get the lights knocked out tonight. Welcome back to another edition of Wrestling is Trash. And um, got a couple production notes for you before we get into it real proper. Like, you can follow the show on Twitter at Wrestling B Trash. And you can be a part of the show by tagging your tweets with Wit Talk. That's W-I-T-T-A-L-K. So, you know, send your questions in professional wrestling related or non professional wrestling related. And we'll answer those things here on the show. Um, if you want to be uh, kind of, you know, personal and everything. I mean, I'm not talking about handwriting me any letters and sending me your questions. I mean, which you could do um, at P.O. Box 9162 uh, Spring, Texas, <laughs> uh, 77. 387. So you can actually send me physical mail. You could do that. Um, but you can use email, which is mail at wrestlingthistrash.com. Or if you want to use your soft and savory voices and whatnot, just kind of like S. Anthony Thomas, <laughs> you can send your questions via voicemail to 304-825-5762. Um, we have a, another guest combatant today. Guest. I'm going to give you a New Japan 20 count to introduce yourself and tell everybody how you've come to know professional wrestling for the very first time. And your 20 count starts now. Well, as far as you know, <laughs> I was waiting on it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I don't have the music. Anyway, I'm that motherfucker, Jody B. Uh, Rob and I have been some buddies for a while, and we like to talk about wrestling and general shenanigans. Uh, I was a pole kid growing up, and I remember the first few times I encountered wrestling was just like wrestling figures and shit, like the old WCW ones. And then when I got around like football playing age, uh, we would get cable from time to time for free, and I was introduced to uh wrestling saturday morning superstars and then eventually monday night raw and i was in it to win it during the monday night war oh okay i mean you could have kept going out that 20 count is fictitious <laughs> i'm gonna hit my mark bro don't give me a mark i'm oh, gonna hit that shit i'm sorry <laughs> you, uh, you kind of threw me off i was just like oh he really stopped at 20 <laughs> But I guess I need to watch more New Japan. I don't know what a New Japan 20 count is. <laughs> I yeah. guess it goes on forever. No, it's just like, I don't know. It's a trope with my show. You don't have to talk for 20 seconds. You can talk for less and you can talk for more. I don't care. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, well. Well, we passed those pleasantries and everything. But, yeah. Uh, we got you here. I mean, I, I can relate to the Monday Night Wars because that's kind of like the peak of my professional wrestling watching. I mean, I have watched it as, for as long as I can remember. But that, in the early years, my more formative years, it was just me not finding it on TV or being able to find it on TV or just being a wild ass little kid and not searching for it on TV. I watched it through uh, VHS tapes and everything. So I watched it at my leisure. Oh, I got that too. Um, we had a family video, you know, as the comp the competition to Blockbuster at the time, I guess. 
And uh, they had Royal Rumble, oof, like Royal Rumble 1988, 89, I think. So I seen that. I remember the big boss man was there, like the, the legit boss man. But he was he was young, like baby. So a lot of them other big motherfuckers. And uh, that was probably the first home video I watched. That was pretty cool. And uh, I don't know, dude, like. We didn't have cable a lot, so you know it came in spurts. Like one moment, I remember seeing like Saturday Morning Superstars, and it was Wild Man Mark Marrow doing the backflips and shit off the top rope. Yeah, and you know the Undertaker, Erwin R. Shyster, and Doink, and Razor Ramon, and shit like that. And then just I guess a couple years later, you know, it was uh, what was happening when I first started watching again, uh, the Heart Foundation. I think had just turned full heel. Like, okay. I, I, I even know where it is now. I started watching wrestling basically at the beginning of the attitude era, which in my opinion is Monday night raw after WrestleMania 13. Huh? Okay. That pretty I, close. Can we call it that? I'll I call it that. Cause I, I remember watching the very first episode of Monday night raw. And that's where I started to, you know, trying to find it you know, more frequently. Mm-hmm. And then uh, WCW just came out of the woodworks. But like when I really started paying attention was yeah. when uh, Razor Ramon and um, I mean, well, you know, Scott Hall and freaking uh, Kevin Nash, they defected over to WCW and all those guys started transitioning over to WCW. And I was just like, oh, I seen him over there. Oh, now he's over here. Let me go over there. <laughs> The older friends will tell you shit like that. Nah, man, that's the big boss, man. Who the fuck is Ray Trailer? Yeah, what? Ray Trailer. <laughs> uh, you didn't know Big Van Vader used to be a WCW dude. You need to watch more wrestling. I'm like, what? Okay, I just like Vader, the dude in the red suit that goes oh and comes down with the thing. Yeah, yeah and he beat up Gorilla Monsoon. I didn't get the I didn't get the deal with the mask though. That always I was like, what? What is that? <laughs> oh, like the old school mask. Yeah, the little straps on his face and shit. Yeah, well, you know, he's like a thong. He's like a pair of panties on his face, yeah. right? I was like, yeah, he just had the shit hanging through the crotch and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you got panties on your face. You got panty face. Oh, uh, shit. Vader died this year. Yeah, that he sucks. did. One of the best, in my, in my opinion, one of the best big men, right? I, I, top five, in my opinion, I, I would have to say, out of all the, the big motherfuckers, yeah, I mean, he, he sticks out more in my mind than anybody else. Yeah, like, well, the guys are cool. King Kong Bundy was all right, all right, but Vader, man, he got his eye popped out once. We talk about it all the time. Yes. Like, every time we talk, that's a big deal. Yes. He got his eye popped out and went on with it. Like, hold up, yeah. let me put my shit back in. Pushed his shit back into his head and continued the fight. <laughs> let's finish. It's a motherfucking gangster, man. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, it, it's just, I think that's that old school mentality, man. You can't be no punk. You got to be tough. Cause like, um, there's been a couple of injuries as of late. And, um, there's been a select few that have been known to muscle through those injuries and freaking finish the match. It's crazy, man. Tough. It's a tough business. You know, we've talked about this before and I always revert to the same thing, but I like the tough guys too. them dudes that you hear stories about. And, you know, all my research leads me to Ming or Aku or whatever the fuck you want to call him. Uh, Apparently, he's one of the toughest motherfuckers to walk the earth. Yeah. Uh, King Ajar brought him up on um, one of our previous episodes and everything. Tonga 50. Fifta, Fifita, or however you say his damn name. Hey man, hey, hey, hey. Just call yeah. him just call him Ming or Haku. Either or. Don't try to pronounce I his gut. His mama call him Tonga. I'm gonna call him Tonga. No, but I'm saying? just saying though, I mean, it's a level of respect. If you can't say his shit properly, just you know, give him give him his ring. Cause I don't want this motherfucker busting up in my shit, you know, giving me the Tongan death grip and fucking me up, you know. <laughs> it's funny when you learn like some of the nuances to the business later on in life where like you find out that anybody who fin- whose finisher is a sleeper hold, a choke or some kind of elaborate bullshit move. They're like some of the toughest people. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. It's like, if you don't sell that for them, they'll beat the fuck out of you later. Speaking so you of better, that, you better take your tongue and death grip and your fucking, uh, your mandible claw <laughs> 
<laughs> your your Texas tornado, uh, iron claw. Like you better you better do all that shit the right way. Otherwise, you might get a boot across your teeth later for real. <laughs> yeah, like spe- speaking of that, you, I mean, you're bringing up you know people taking liberties in the ring and whatnot and uh, getting their comeuppets and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I just seen a video clip last night of uh, this dude was wrestling Rick Rude and he fucking he, he gave him a couple of stiff jabs to the face. Threw him some taters. Yeah. and uh, A couple goddamn potatoes. And, and Rick Rude <laughs> proceeded to mix on his ass. I mean like whew. Dog, it was brutal. I'm gonna try to put that in the show notes or whatever. But God damn, he fucked that dude up. I love it. Um, I, I've come to enjoy wrestling more as an adult because now I've listened to probably the first ugh, 300 episodes of the Steve Austin show. I've heard all those interviews. I've heard him talk to my heroes at this point, and I know a lot of lingo. I know a lot of terms. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I've got hours logged, just like anybody else, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate the art a lot. Now, as an adult, one of my favorite things to do is to watch a match, and I look for the fuck-ups. Yeah, that's what it's I, turned into now. <laughs> I sit there, and I saw one not too long ago, as a matter of fact, because I'll just throw on a random pay-per-view and watch a match. Uh, and I think it was Jesse James, Road Dog, and uh, X-Pac. They were fighting each other. So this was somewhere, you know, uh, 99, I guess, after DX had kind of done their thing and they were on the back backside. And they did a, a, a spot where they both ran into the ropes. And I'm pretty sure somebody was supposed to catch the other guy. Yeah. It's supposed to be like almost like that Razor Ramon cradle, you know, catch into a slam of some sort. Mm-hmm. And they both went for it. <laughs> like they both went for the the high spot and they basically just bumped stomachs yeah at, at about 15 miles an hour it seemed like and wrapped around each other like fence posts <laughs> and you just see that and you go i don't think that was planned <laughs> that looked like it fucking hurt for real yeah i've never seen that move before well i mean <laughs> it, it's, it's happened before it's like with the double clothesline i think you know, if we, we speaking of lingo, they call that a double down to where they both complete a move to where both of the opponents go down. It's very possible they both literally got the wind knocked out of them. They hit each other real hard. Yeah. I and mean, that's why I'm sure that it was it was a botched fucking move because they, they hit way too hard. <laughs> hey, man, you, you, that's, that's the um, crux of the business. You got to make it look good, man. I just uh, heard uh, Mark Henry last night on the uh, edge and Christian show, you know, they podcast or whatever. And he yeah. was talking about, he was telling people cause he didn't want his shit to look fake. So he would like, depending on the opponent or whatever it is, um, depends on the liberties he would take. You know, he would kind of, he said he kind of felt like he knew everybody's threshold of what he can dish on that person. And then he would always tell them, he's like, hit me if you have to, he said, cause I can take it, you know, cause he's a, strong big motherfucker he's like he was just straight up he's like if you have to hit if you need to hit me hit me i can take it no 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 issue with it it's a good philosophy i think if you really at the end of the day you're not gonna hurt mark henry mm-hmm. no matter what you do but he can literally hurt you you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. so at a certain point if you're punching him and he's fucking lace and he punches you square in your fucking head right in your ear and just gorilla punches your fucking gadoosh. <laughs> like, yeah, then you walk up and you sock him right in his fucking eye <laughs> and you go like, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, and he knows like, all right, that was a little too much. But hey, it looked good on camera, though, didn't it? He'll smile with that missing front tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and they high five. Yeah. But before we get too far in the weeds, whatever, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we um, have questions as submitted by you, the listener. And I have a couple here. Um, and I would also like to mention that these questions are sponsored by Power Slam TV. If you go to powerslam.tv and um, register, you can get a one month free trial if you use the promo code WIT Talk. So let's roll into our first question. Um Due to the sporadicness of the show, and you know, I record it whenever I feel the need to talk about some professional wrestling. I'll just hang with the homies and bullshit about stuff. 
um, some of these questions have been um, a little old. So the first one comes from Jeremy. You can follow him on Twitter at EP Land NFL. And his question is, we all know green bean casserole can go the fuck home. But what other traditional uh, traditional Thanksgiving or holiday foods can also go the fuck home with it? So, yeah. so, so what's some, what's some holiday foods that you can um, say goodbye to and not even uh, blink an eye to be, or shed a tear for? Uh, them, that white trash candy yams, those can go to fuck home. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just like take a can of yams, put it in a pan with some marshmallows on it, and just put that shit in the oven. That can go to fuck home. Well, I don't have nothing against yams, but I mean, no, if, no, no. If it wasn't there, I could do without it. Let me be. I'm. I will eat a sweet potato pie. Oh, yeah. I'll eat sweet potato casserole. Mm-hmm. I'll eat sweet potato fries. Yeah. But that shit, no bueno. There's no, look, I had to, to get with my wife who was a little better off but still grew up kind of poor <laughs> to yeah. find out one day that canned vegetables of any sort have no nutritional value whatsoever, man. Yeah. Well, Not one. You might as well eat. A cotton ball. Like, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> and to be honest with you, as much sugar as they put in that shit and the marshmallows that get all fucked on top, you might, a cotton ball might be better, you know? Like, you'll shit clouds, but uh, I don't know. You won't die of fucking diabetes. No. So, you're saying any canned vegetables are trash? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean... I well, they're get- cooked, you know? That's, they put them in the cans, they cook them, and uh, to like homogenize them. All. So basically, once you get them, that's why they're all mushy, man. Like there's nothing left to them. There's no nutrients left. Yeah. My my wife always makes me buy frozen vegetables. I, I fucked around yeah. and I brought home some canned vegetables one time. She's like, what the fuck is this? Yep. And that's me- why. Because you, you literally should just eat cotton balls. That's It's probably better. It'll clean out your insides and you'll be pooping and little rabbit turds of cotton ball and all kinds of insidey stuff but uh it's probably better it's better than mcdonald's and i fucking hate mcdonald's you know what i'm saying okay i I feel you i got you i'm getting a little hot about it rob i know i understand we we should say that for the go to fuck home segment (laughs) channeling up don't fucking go there but no realistically man that's a terrible terrible thing to give your family or to serve to anybody you fucking love give them sweet potato pie and, you know, put some preparation into it, you know, cut up some fucking sweet potatoes and maybe put a marshmallow. I don't care what that. It's just the canned yams need to go the fuck home. There you go. All right. So we got another question here. This question comes from Mike main event swerve on Twitter. If you want to follow him and his question is, how would you introduce the women's tag titles and who would be the first champions? Well, I don't know if you're keeping up with current events of professional wrestling, Joe, to be as far as WWE goes, um, there's been uh, rumors and tales of um, there being women's tag team titles introduced into the product. Mm. And that's a new thing, right? Totally yeah. new. Yeah. I, I don't think they've ever been done before as far as WWE standards. They have them in other companies and other places, but I don't think as far as WWE goes, they've never had women's tag team titles. That's really good, I guess. If they're wanting to build up a lady roster, or if they already have too many, and I don't mean too many, but you know, just too many to be able to do like solid storylines without that bullshit. Yeah. Then yeah, let them fucking let them have tag teams, man. It gets more butts in the ring. It gets more eyes on people, and you can bring people up faster. Yeah, and I, and I understand that because I mean they do have an overabundance of uh, female talent now. Yeah. And, um, only so many people can fight for the belt at one time. I mean, currently, um, the next pay-per-view they got coming up is a triple threat for one of the major women's titles. You know, they have two of them, one per show. So, Rob, how many women's titles? There's only two. So, for each brand, they got a lady title? Yeah. So, it probably wouldn't be too long for they had like a heavyweight and a cruiserweight, too, I would think. I don't know. Well, I mean, we, we got into this conversation as well as far as the women's go. Um, Is that rude? Like calling, calling a lady a heavyweight? <laughs> uh, I know tonight Jack's lady's a little curvy like a pear, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, well, obviously in a real world, she wouldn't fight like that. I think that Alexa Bliss chick, I saw a picture of them standing next to each other and it was just like, oh, cool. 
that if she finna whip this bitch's ass. <laughs> like that's the, the message they portrayed. I don't know how the storyline panned out, but you know. Yeah. But um we, we had the conversation many times about the women just having their own show. That way you can introduce more titles and, you know, present more opportunities and whatnot. I like the idea, but there's a reason why the UFC doesn't do it either. It's because, unfortunately, uh, not enough women are going to pay for it, and dudes are only going to watch it if there's nudity. Sorry. Isn't that kind of sad, though? It's not. I mean, it's. I think we've come a long way. Yeah. And, and we're coming further because you got to think, just from my childhood, it was just managers. Yeah. Like wrestlers was Luna Vachon. And which uh, I, those two old I, birds, what is it, May Young and yeah. Fabulous Moolah. Yeah. And they didn't really do shit. They just DDT'd each other and grabbed each other by the hair and did that spinner rooney shit. Mm-hmm. And then China came along and she started like forearming and uh, uppercutting dudes in the dong and shit. But even when she came along, they weren't ready for that. I remember she picked up Marlena. You remember Marlena? Fucking gold dust old lady? Yeah. Smoking hot. God damn it. I've talked to her a couple times on Twitter, Rob. Hmm. She's probably like 64 years old now. And if she's not, bless your heart, sweetie. You're probably (laughs) not that old. But Terry Reynolds, god damn, you're fine. She was dating New Jack, though. Get it. Anyway, uh, but I remember when China came in, dude, she came in hard. And she picked up fucking Marlena, dude, and was whipping her around. Ragdolling the shit out of her. Bro, it looked like an episode of Swamp People, like the fucking alligator just ripping around. Probably gave that bitch a concussion, just snapping her back and forth. And it, I was like, okay, this shit's finna get real. And then from there, it just kind of progressed and progressed. And now they're they're full blown uh, matches, man. It's pretty cool. I'm happy with that. Yeah. So maybe they keep building it up. Maybe this is the next step. You know, getting more titles, more interest. More people, you need enough people to push a whole show. Yeah. So, um, as far as introducing these titles, hmm, I don't know. Um, with anything, I mean, if you have a vacant title or you're introducing a new title, fuck it, why not have a tournament? Yeah, tournaments a good way to go, like a like a ten bracket or some shit. Yeah, you know? I mean, depending on the size of the female tag division they're gonna build around those titles so yeah just a freaking tournament tournament tournament, you gotta have like at least eight eight teams to get a good tournament you know because you gotta get at least a couple rounds in there to to make it worth watching and it can't be too much either because you're not gonna you know, a four week tournament is going to be a little too long. So, yeah. And it, I mean, and also a thing about it is, is if you're not splintering them off into their own show, when, you know, basically creating their own brand, their own world of uh, wrestling, I mean, it's going to be kind of tough because the um, issue that we ran into when we were speaking about this the first time was um, if you do a title, a set of titles for each brand, or do you do one universal title for both shows? A women's tag team. Yeah. So, because mm-hmm. I mean, they get more time than they normally do now, just being that as they are with one title. Just imagine, you know, putting two more titles in there and trying to get time on top of that with everything else that's going on. It's going to be a little tricky. You have to shuffle some shit around. It's a, it's a rough business, man. I guess you just got to. Be moving forward. That's what they're doing. So I'm I'm happy with it. And uh, I don't know any of the current roster people. I watched the Starcade today. Was it really only an hour long? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not. It wasn't really a full on like pay per view type event or anything. It's just like a little special. A little, you know. Hey, we doing this thing. We brought some cameras. Why don't you just check it out? That fucking Elias dude is killing the game right now, huh? Oh yeah, I love that dude, man is uh they let him open the show i just you hear that (laughs) it's like oh here we go it's this fucking guy i've been watching him for like the last year or two because i watched like the big ones yeah uh, i've seen his his gimmick and shit and it's it's cool he's a a cool guy and what's crazy about it though he can actually wrestle yeah like he he wrestles really good And, um, you know, he's just been getting over on the strength of his gimmick, pretty much, which is not bad. It saves your body 
most importantly, you know, I mean, uh, he's turning into a goddamn sensation. Like he's going to release an album. Probably. He already has. Had, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, fuck this game. He's going to wrestle for four years, make a couple million dollars. And then he's going to just be like, all right. And bounce. You know, he's fitting a Conor McGregor the fuck on out of there. <laughs> before, before we move to the um, next question or whatever, I don't even you know what. Just depending on just because of the subject matter of this question, I'm going to skip it and go to the next one. But um, what what do you think is his ceiling? You, do you think he'll ever be a champion or is he just, you know, stuck in this gimmick? The Alliance guy? Yeah. I, I don't I don't know him. Uh, I would say you ride that fucking lightning till it goes out. dude. Yeah. Like why? It's like the Goldberg streak. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not getting injured. You can be at every show, and you're good at what you do. Like, you're actually entertaining. You know what I'm saying? And you can wrestle? Yeah. Shit. I wouldn't make him wrestle at all, unless he absolutely had to. Because then you could make it a spectacle by the time he actually does fucking wrestle. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I forget where I heard this before. I think it might have been um, RBR weekly wrestling talk or new agents out of some one of these other wrestling shows that I've heard and they brought up a good point to where somebody said when you're a professional wrestler you want uh you know a good gimmick that you can you know live off of or whatever so yeah. like um you know hacksaw Jim Duggan he's still walking around today just off the strength of his gimmick his hole and his fucking two by four and all kind of shit like that and everything and then he really doesn't have to wrestle I mean he can just eat off his name alone you know hulk hogan or sting or somebody else like that i mean i, I think elias has that you know already isn't that crazy mm-hmm. we had it based off of million like if it's based off people that know of you you know per capita by proxy i'm saying big words but if we go pound for pound okay in this day and age that dude can get more famous than most of these other motherfuckers ever could have in their whole, in a 35, 40, 50 year career. You know what I'm saying? In one year, he can have more people see him than these people ever had in their whole career. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah. And then there's people right now in that same exact company that has been there for double the time that he has. Yeah. And just ain't getting shit right now. Fucking Sergeant Slaughter probably still has to vacuum out his own car. And arguably, he has to be one of the most recognizable fucking wrestlers of all time. And the Iron Sheik. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? These dudes that in the 90s, when TV was popping, and it was cool to be pop cultured, Hulk Hogan's making movies. Iron Sheik was feuding with Hulk Hogan all the fucking time back then. You know? Like, these are dudes that were in the spotlight on a on a... Storyline that directly associated with you know interactions with America and shit like that and heel turn dude <laughs> like these people should be set considering how many people know who they are but it took them fifty years to get that this motherfucker showed up and in less than five is it five years can you call it that is it how long has he been around. Not that, I don't even think that long, dude. Bro, I bet more people know who Elias is right now than John Cena. Real talk. I don't know about that. <laughs> real talk. I don't know. I don't know. Because we, th- this is the thing, though. I mean, we know him to exist in the world of WWE. I haven't, I have yet to see him venture outside of that bubble yet. So John Cena is everywhere. This motherfucker's in China doing shit, making movies, and all that other stuff. Yeah, but he's a, he's a target guy. Maybe I got a little high. What about uh, hmm? Who's like a mid card guy? <laughs> like somebody that you should know, and if you don't, then whatever. In the, uh, uh, I say in the annals of professional wrestling, you <laughs> should, if if you've been watching ten years or more, or you should know who Dolph Ziggler is right now. Yeah, I mean, I know who he is, and I can pick him out of a lineup. Or Randy yeah. Orton. Randy Orton. How about Randy Orton? Fair enough. Randy Orton's done some acting though, so I'll give you that. But I'm saying like the power of WWE. They got 
millions of viewers, right? Am I wrong? Their stocks going up now. Yeah, is, is they, that- they fixed it. <laughs> they fixed it. <laughs> what was going on like three years ago when they couldn't even keep a, a intercontinental title on anybody, and people like Steve Austin were talking mad shit about their fucking pay per views and how much everybody hates Roman Reigns and. I don't know if this is the direction the company needs to go. People are talking crazy shit. Surprise, motherfucker. Goddamn Shane McMahon. You know what I'm saying? It, you know what? It re- really, you know, thinking about it, you say his name. I really think the, like a change within the company started when he came back most recently. I watch it as a casual fan, Rob. I watch WrestleMania, Survivor Series, the Royal Rumble. And sometimes SummerSlam, if I can get it in, but I watch those three usually. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the turning point was when Shane McMahon came back. Yeah. Whatever happened with all that, the shit was getting kind of rocky. And it seems ever since then, you know, they've had all the new guys. AJ Styles came in, Samoa Joe. They split the brands like Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns was doing okay. Then he fucked around and got fucked around, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That people feel real fucking shitty right now about some of the shit they said to Roman Reigns. You no, know, dog. Poor guy. I was so pissed about that. Not so much, you know, because I mean, yeah, it's shitty that, you know, he got cancer and then he's going through his battles and everything. But I'm talking about what you were speaking about just now. Motherfuckers that was talking all that shit. And now they're on the motherfucking Roman Reigns dick. Talking about, yo, he was the greatest wrestler. Like, bitch, he was just talking about how shitty he was. And now, since he got canceled, you want to change your motherfucking tune? Huh? Didn't you just say, I hope you die? <laughs> like, this, you yeah. I hope you die. No, and- like, no lie. No lie. <laughs> when, when he came out there on that stage, it, well, I mean, when I was cognizant of what the fuck he, what was going on with this dude, yeah, I went on Twitter. And I tweeted it. You can find it. You can, this this is one of the tweets that y'all can go back in my archive and find. So, because I, I know I won't get in trouble for this one and lose my job and shit. Uh, I said, "You fans did this to Roman Reigns," and I meant that in the sense of you talked all that shit. You want him to die, and some people have said they wanted him to get cancer. And here it is. I was like, "You motherfuckers did this to Roman Reigns." <laughs> Terrible, terrible souls. Speaking of terrible, terrible souls, I'm cashing in my promo, motherfucker. God damn it. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know what uh, my man Jody B is talking about, we have a random sporadic segment called the promo in the bank at any given time. Just like just now, um, either one of us can cash in on each other and we have to speak upon the topic that we discussed before we recorded proper and I have to spit rhetoric for 60 seconds. I'm stalling while I pull up my shot clock. <laughs> we got 60 seconds. We can cut it out, though. That's the fun part. Edit. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it in. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, got, I, put, I put 59 minutes. <laughs> All right. One minute is on the clock. And go. You know, let me tell you about beanbag chairs. The, the, it just depends on the material you get, how awesome they can be. Because, I mean, I have sat on a leather beanbag chair before and that shit was garbage because I'm a man with long legs and yeah. I, ha- I have hair on my legs. And to place that upon a leather beanbag really sucks because my skin sticks to the material and the hairs just get all. Ugh. I, I, I shudder to think about it. But. Other than that, if you get you one of those suede plush beanbag chairs, maybe you can even get the one that's formed for your back. Oh, Lord, it's the greatest feeling in the world. I mean, you get all the beans curled up against your inner thighs and your back muscles and everything, which is good for me because I got a bad back and whatnot. So, I mean, you can lay across your stomach on that thing and play video games, look up at the TV, eat some snacks and shit. Beanbags is just the most comfortable, most Oh, time's up. <laughs> Sponsored by Bing Bags USA. <laughs> Need to get you one of them love sacks. You seen them things? Them giant ass bean bags? No, I have not. You don't know what a love sack is. Hold on. I'm, I'm pulling up my phone right now. You got it's one word. Don't make it two. That could be something totally oh, different. Oh yeah, love sack. All right. <laughs> Let's see what we got. It's pulling up. Oh, it's no K on the end. Okay. Yeah, no K. <laughs> oh. 
You ain't never seen a love sack? Whoa, that's fuck. Oh, bro, oh, they're one of my so favorite things. I just don't have two hundred dollars and a place to put it. No, they got one on here for four thousand dollars. <laughs> And it's probably worth it. Basically, for those of y'all who don't know, it's probably just this motherfucker lived on a rock. A, uh, a love sack is basically a love seat sized beanbag chair. It's like a boulder. It is. It's very nice. You went walking, jogging through the fucking mountains or wherever, and you were like, hey, you saw a piece of rock that was too big to be just a rock. And you were like, hey, check out this boulder. That's how big the fucking beanbag chair is. It's ginormous. And you can just, I'm six foot tall and uh, I can just disappear almost into it when you sit on it. Yeah. You sit into it. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at images of it right now. There's a, um, a, a petite sized young lady um, resting upon the love sack. <laughs> and uh, she is like almost disappearing into the abyss of the love sack. It's amazing. So go to www.lovesack.com in a promo code POBOYS. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Uh, holler at me, Love Sack. Hell yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a Love Sack fan now. Uh, not, uh, no homo. So, <laughs> man, look at this. I'm, oh, there's even bigger ones than the last. I got you off. There's you all on that Love Sack now, bro. Oh, shit. Come and join us, man. I've never owned one, but I've known a couple of people that have them, and they're one of my favorite things. Like, it gives me, listen, I don't really get moments of joy very often, but if I walk into a room and I see a giant, boulder-sized beanbag chair, it makes my heart pop like immediately I'm happy and I'm going right for it. And I'm just falling into it like an asshole. Like, see, so many double entendres, so much innuendo here. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's for everybody in the room. Yeah. That was a well-crafted statement. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Also, thank I'm you. a cash in too. Oh, bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, let me, let me, let me get the shot clock ready. Oh, yeah? You think you're going to shot clock me, motherfucker? Sir, you have one minute on the clock. All right, then. Your time starts now. I'll tell you another thing. (laughs) Motherfucking gloves. Gloves. Uh, The problem with gloves is when you go buy a pair, you always end up losing one of them. In my personal opinion, I think you should be able to buy at least one glove at a time so that when you lose one, you could just go buy a left fucking glove. You don't have to go spend extra money. And if you like me, me personally, I only got four fucking fingers on one hand. And one of my biggest problems is when my fingers start flapping around all willy-nilly in the summertime when I'm wearing work gloves because it's, it's, they're latex actually. But whatever, that's not the point. Maybe make options for people with less than five fingers, two fingers, lobster claws, whatever it might be. <laughs> Stop being so goddamn time. Expect- Ex, ex, exclusive <laughs> Stop being such an asshole. And as the bottom line, <laughs> no, in the history of this show, quite possibly the random rounds with Rob, <laughs> that has been the best promo ever. <laughs> I'm putting a little on the front end. And, uh, I've been doing a lot of Steve Austin lately. People are going to get tired of it. So I'm just going to go ahead and strike while the iron's hot. You know, <laughs> that wasn't that good. Cause I started, I was having to think that's my only problem. Mm. I can imitate shit. Great. I just can't run dialogue. Like I don't, I don't yeah, think you, that way. And I have, I get tripped up. Yeah. You kind of start losing the accent after a while and everything. <laughs> it's something I've heard before. We're going to take care of business tonight. And that's the bottom line. Like I can do that. It's just, you know, so the other day I was walking down to the mailbox. <laughs> it just doesn't work the same. But if I had somebody to write for me, dude, I'd tear it up. Tell you what. All right. Um, We've ran all over the place. Uh, Two back to back promo in the banks kind of went on a tangent with the ladies tagged belts and all that other stuff. So I'm going to save these questions for another recording that I have left. But we're going to roll right into our next segment 
this is where I cue the sensual music in the background and we roll right into Waterfall Mania. Sir, you have a combatant for Waterfall Mania and um, let us know who you got. Okay. Now, I'm a little old school, Rob. I see these new these new women, these hardworking, delicious women. And, you know, I'm, I'm impressed by some of them. But if I'm putting somebody up from the stable, if I get to turn back the hands of time and I pick my personal favorite, I'm going to have to go with old legs herself, uh, Miss Stacy Keebler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good pick. It's a good pick. Um, Not bad. A little outdated. I would have went with Sunny, but I don't know. She might really try to fight somebody and then she rob you for some drug money. Uh, <laughs> well, she ain't doing so hot. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> Sunny, Sunny ain't doing so hot. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> I make jokes too, y'all. Just this thing. Hey, this thing on. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but uh, to to add her to the roster of the already stacked card of Waterfall Mania, we have at the current moment now adding Stacy Keebler. I'm putting that down on my list. We have Jordan Grace, Becky Lynch, Oscar, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Nia Jax, Tori Wilson, and Katrina. So, I mean, she's up there on a illustrious list, a little old school flavor on here with the Tori Wilson. But uh, for the most part, everybody else here on the list is current. I like that one girl, girl, excuse me, that one uh, wonderful woman. Uh, what is it? Her last name is Moon. Oh, Ember Moon. Ember Moon. That's my cup of tea for show. Oh, yeah. She Goodness just, gracious. She just she recently is, got married. She is a fine woman. Jesus Christ. I just remember I saw her on NXT. That's the only NXT I've ever watched. I just happened to be flipping <laughs> through some shit on the network and I saw that face and I was like, yo, who are you? And I turned on a match and she ended up whipping some girl's ass. Mm-hmm. Speaking of I, ass. <laughs> yeah, but um, Ember Moon, that's a whole nother topic. But we talking about Stacey Keebler right now. I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole of Ember Moon, which I could, but I like to get down the rabbit hole. <laughs> there you go again. There you go again. Hey, man, we're not objectifying women here. They're not things that us men have. Anything. I'm just saying, <laughs> if I were a rabbit, I would enjoy very much so exploring the inner depths of her rabbit hole, uh, per se. Per se. Okay. Yes. That per se. You like to get all up in that per se. Per se control. <laughs> Stacy Keebler, when was the first time you ever laid eyes on this individual? Stacy Keebler. Uh, damn. Uh, she was Miss. Okay. Was she in WCW, I think? I don't even really remember. Yeah, yeah I think it was just something I saw randomly. Uh, I want to say she wore like a librarian outfit, a skirt. Yeah. And yeah. glass. like her name was like Miss Johnson or Miss Vicky or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I remember seeing her. But uh, she she came a little later. What what? Fuck! I can't even think. Like I, I was just going off of looks alone and my favorite. Like I guess. Who did she fucking manage? <laughs> I don't even know. I remember I remember her being with the Dudley Boys for a while. Okay, so that's about right. Dudley Boys. That's probably where I think, because I was a big fan of the Dudley Boys, too. When they came along, that shit was good. Devon, get the table. Ah! <laughs> um, outside of her doing all kinds of crazy shit as far as, you know, showing off them legs and that ace. Yeah, um, she did Fred, right? Huh? Didn't she do a spread like a Playboy? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that, that was, was the first time I felt. If we're just being honest, that's probably the first time I fucking can, can recall. You know, other than her just being like occasionally a manager, because she wasn't real big in, in the scene. I don't think. Right? She was just like one one tag team manager person. Yeah. I mean, she was with different people. She was like with. I think she was with. Uh, no, I'm, I'm about to say. I think she might have been with Test and uh, Albert. TNA? Yeah. That was Trish Stratus. No, that's Trish Stratus. Yeah, I'm getting my my white ladies mixed up. All right, well, it's easy to do. And that's, I almost said Trish Stratus, but Stacey Keebler to me was uh, more, uh, 
more my speed. She's very pretty. Yeah, and she was on WCW. I'm looking at pictures of her now on there. Yeah, what was it? Does it say what her her handle was then? It was Miss something. I'm sure. Oh, Miss Hancock. That's it. Uh, Miss Hancock. I'm not objectifying anybody. I'm just saying. I don't like, think that was a name. Hey, <laughs> those were it. the times. <laughs> Back in my day. Yeah, she uh, valet for um, Scott Steiner for a little while. Maybe that's where it was. I bet that's what it was. It was probably with Scott Steiner. Would have been the first time when he was in WCW or when he was in. Uh... I think it was a WWE. I'm gonna be honest right now. Uh, I'm kind of talking out of my ass. Hey, that's fine. That's that's what that's what this is here for. Just checking her out. I don't remember what she did or anything like that. <laughs> you caught me. I should have prepared more for this. I'm a total piece of shit. Hey, it's, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> hey, buddy, he's fine. He's no problem. Because I mean, I don't remember shit, and you know this, so. I, I, all I remember is her legs and ass. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I know she had a few matches, but it wasn't nothing noteworthy that I re- remember. It was just her gimmick was her legs and ass. I think there, she banged George Clooney. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's cool, right? Go George. Yeah. Fucking assholes. And she has a statue made of her legs and ass. <laughs> so, I mean. I mean, what? I mean, what, what, what can you do? I mean, that that was her gimmick. You know, she was a nitro girl in WCW. Miss Hancock. Uh, freaking, she was with the Dudley Boys. It was, uh, she did manage Tess and Scott Steiner. So that that was the I, tandem. That was a tandem that I had wrong. She was with uh, Hurricane and Rosie. And, uh, you know, shit, even in her bio here, they're talking about how she was uh, considered to be a sex symbol. So, I mean, that was her gimmick, dog. It was not so much for her wrestling paralysis, <laughs> but it was just... Damn. Uh, it was probably Nitro Girls, then, if I'm, if, from what that list you just read. It was Ms. Hancock I saw later as a character, but uh, the Nitro Girls I did see a lot of back in the day. Now that makes me really happy because I heard some stories from uh, one Mr. Buff Bagwell about the Nitro Girls, and now I'm going to have to go listen and uh, do some thinking. Some long, hard thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, shit, man, it's not... I I think I could turn the sensual music off now because, I mean... (laughs) Not so much to discuss about Miss Stacey Keebler. I mean, nothing really comes to my mind to bring up as far as what have we discussed of the women that are on this list previous. So, I mean, why don't we just get into the main event, my dude? Let's do it. The go the fuck home segment. Sir, what is your topic of grievance today? I'm going to tell you why. I don't know. What your experience is living into the greater Houston area, I understand that it's a very large, spread out place. And I don't know how much driving you do, but I do a lot of it. I do a few hundred miles a day, uh, which is, you know, not a stupid amount. But let's just say I'm experienced when it comes to traveling on the roads. I've seen a lot of different situations and I've experienced a lot of different drivers and how they act and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I had an incident earlier this week where a gentleman in a Mercedes wagon did a real shitty move to, to try to get out from behind me because he, I guess I was driving too slow on his road. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, I, I put my blinker on. He, he came up behind me doing that kind of aggressive shit, like how people will act like they're fitting to pass you. They kind of come out a little bit and then go back. And I see him doing it, and I go, okay, there's a two-lane, uh, double yellow line. He he better not fucking pass me right here. But I know that there's a straightaway coming. I got to turn left. So I'm going to go ahead on and put my blinker on so that he knows not to do that shit so that he doesn't hit me. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what – just some dude, you know, some angry fucking person in a Mercedes at this point. And uh, I put my shit on, and I slow down to make a left. And the dude breaks out from behind me and he turns up the oncoming, you know, it's a T intersection. He turns into the on ramp of the oncoming traffic where I'm turning 
and basically jumps in front of me. There's no way that he saw that nobody was coming. There's no way that that, you know what I mean? Like the audacity. And when he came through the intersection, I saw that he was an older uh, white dude, white hair, you know. And it made me think in almost 10 years of driving professionally, it is my personal opinion (laughs) that white males over the age of 60, when they get into their cars, become some of the biggest pieces of shit in the known universe. And I would like for all (laughs) white male over the age of 60 drivers to go the fuck home. I'm sick of it. This isn't your road. We're all sharing it. You don't have to come all the way fucking flying up behind my shit, you know, and aggressively try to pass me because I'm on your road. I understand maybe you don't have a lot of time left, but uh, you need to stop being such a twat. Stop pulling out in front of people. Stop running red lights, you cocksucker. Stop pulling out when there's signs that say the shit is fixing to merge. (laughs) And you pull out and try to pass somebody to get 10 feet further in front of them. Or you just drive up the shoulder and fucking try to jump in. And during traffic, you just drive and and cram your fucking car (laughs) in between somebody. It's not your time anymore, old man. (laughs) You need to take your ass to the house and stay there. Or go get a driver's test every year to make sure that you're still competent enough to uh, manage your vehicle properly, motherfucker. Shit got me lit. (laughs) Got me turned up. No, you you got that was so well prepared, so well thought. That was off the top. (laughs) That was just what has been rolling through my mind since that happened. Uh, People. Fucking suck driving their cars anyway, but there's a particular brand and it happens to be white headed old dudes in their fucking expensive cars. Get the fuck out of my way and stay off my roads and go the fuck home. There you go. Well, I appreciate that very, very much. You, you old motherfuckers can go the fuck home, stay the fuck home. Um, I'm not going to speak about all. You white haired motherfuckers, because my daddy is an old white haired motherfucker. He's 87 and he's still driving like a professional. He ain't all on the shoulder and all the other shit. So, I mean, he gets a pass. I'm glad. And maybe he's the exception. <laughs> he's in that 1%. Right. God damn it. But, sir, before we um ride off into that good night, um, would you like, care to let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Personally, I don't have any other social media platforms. I'm a Twitter guy. So you go to uh, Twitter. You can uh, look me up at JodyB501 at PoBoyPod. Um, I have a podcast. It's fun. I talk to strangers or friends, whatever presents itself. But if uh, you'd like to do that, just go to Google or you know hit the little microphone up in the corner and say PoBoy's Podcast. I'm the only one. So... You'll find it, motherfucker. And I'm all over the place, man. I got my own shit. Uh, did a show with S. Anthony Thomas myself. Mm-hmm. That'll be coming out in a few weeks. Yep. Uh, I did. I just timestamp your shit. Oh, that's fine. So, that's good. Motherfucker. Uh, but no, man, it's fun. We're, we're getting real uh, kind of interlocked, man. It's nice to catch up with you. It's been a while since I got to talk. And uh, it's nice to see you doing well, my brother. Same to you, my friend. Same to you. So, yeah, Merry Christmas, by the way. Yes. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. We're kind of in between them here. Yes. So, uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be okay, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird time. My house almost caught on fire, but fortunately, the fire burst some water pipes, which put out the fire. So, we all good. <laughs> uh you need to uh, elaborate on that, I guess, but maybe we'll wait till the insurance comes back, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, on behalf of myself and Jody B, we'll see you next time. <laughs> bye bye, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, we clear, man. All right, buddy. But yeah, um, woke up one morning, uh, two, what, I think that was two days ago. <laughs> and um, I go in my closet where I get my morning fitness in. I go in there and do some push-ups and everything. Work my resistance band so I don't 
disturb Mrs. B. Rob in the morning. Yeah. And um, my socks got all damp. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Check the carpet. Carpet wet. So I was like, holy shit. I hope nothing is leaking in my ceiling. So I run upstairs into the attic. Yeah. Ch- check everything out. Nothing's going on up there. Then I come downstairs and I go into a half bathroom in the hallway. Water's just pouring out of the ceiling. Oh, shit. So I was like, fuck. Then I go out what in the garage, which is uh, you know, the wall behind the bathroom. Is, um, at water just pouring from over the hot water heater onto the ground. And I'm like, shit. So I turn the water that's going from the hot water heater off. I turn the hot water heater off itself. And um, yeah, called in, uh, warranty people, the insurance people, and um, couldn't figure it out. So I mean, well, here, what, like, what happened? Well, I, I, well, initially they when the, caught on fire. That's what confused, like, yeah, did it, like some shit burn out on it. I guess a circuit or something. Well, or? Uh, initially, when when they got there, you know, at all, you know, I found the leaks and all that stuff. I cut all the um, hot water heater. Yeah, line I off. Just, I cut all this. Too. That's why I'm interested because I had to get one swapped out, and it. I thought my washer was leaking, and it fucked me up for a couple of days. And I was like, "Where's all this fucking water coming from? And why is it? Wa- oh, <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah." So they get up in the ceiling, they cut all that shit open. They didn't cut above the hot water heater where the water was coming from. They cut over to the side so they can look in the roof, so they yeah. didn't see nothing. Then they go in the bathroom and cut all that shit open because that's where the majority of the water was coming down from. So they find one little PVC pipe up there just with a little pinhole in the uh, joint and it's just skeeting water constantly. So they rip all that out, put new pipes in, seal it up real good. Boom. Good to go. They didn't turn on the water from the hot water heater back on when they left or when they tested their shit. They were just using the main water that's running into the house. Yeah. So once they did their test, I was like, oh, nothing leaking. We all good. They leave. I get home because my wife too scared to mess with the hot water heater and, you know, lighten it up and shit. Yeah. So I get home from work that night. I turn the water back on to the hot water heater. I light the fucking hot water heater. Pilot, pilot light thing. Yeah. yeah. The kid goes up there to take a fucking bath. And then a little while later, all I hear is like it's raining in my motherfucking house. Water is coming down through the holes and all the other bullshit again. Oh, shit. So it wasn't a pipe they fixed. So I went back in there. I turned all the water off again. Then I turned the water off to the house. So no water is getting in. Yeah. They come out the next morning. They get up in there. And this time they cut open the roof above the hot water heater like they should have did the first fucking time. And um, the big metal pipe that comes from the top of the uh, hot water heater, you know, the exhaust port where it carries all the heat and the steam and all that shit out of the house through the roof. Yes. The um, Well, usually those pipes are supposed to go straight up through the roof. This one goes up and it takes a left 90 degree bend. Then it goes up out of the roof. So the coupling on the straight pipe came loose some kind of way. So all that heat, all that steam. All that hot shit was coming out of the pipes. It caught the insulation, which started burning. Then it burned the plywood around the pipe. And then it melted the PVC pipe that carries all the water into the house. So that shit was on fire. Dude, your fucking house could have burned down. Exactly. So the fire. Fucking shit. Yes. The fire melted the PVC pipe that carries the water into the bathroom, which essentially put the fire out. Crazy man. So yeah, I'm glad. I guess fuck that hot water heater. You know, you can't even sue anybody over that. Just get your insurance money and fucking get you an on demand hot water heater. Maybe next time. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just like the couplings. It, like it, I don't know what it was because like um, a couple nights prior, we had a couple of freezes. You know, yeah. thirty degree weather. Or so so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But the where <laughs> but where it was, I mean. This is nothing that I can just go peek in on periodically. This is in the roof, in the fucking drywall and shit, you know? So it's just, you got to just trust that it's doing what it's supposed to. Yeah. And I think that shit about those dryer vents, I get worried, you know, because you hear those kind of stories where it's like, 
oh, the shit gets clogged up in there. Then it gets backed up and you don't know it because you can't see it. And then all of a sudden your dryer catches your fucking house on fire. And it's, I worry about shit like that. So I'm glad that, uh, <laughs> that's so crazy, man. I know. Cause it's an inner, that's an inner fire. You're not going to know that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't and smell I, nothing. I mean, it was after he had taken a shower that night or whatever. Some, no, I guess before that, I'm just trying to say like, if the fucking shit would have busted, y'all could have been asleep. Yeah. Like you just hope that best case scenario, everybody's at school and you just happen to be fucking around your house and you go, Oh shit, the house is on fire, you know? And then you just run out. But worst case scenario, it's two o'clock in the fucking morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> That's a real problem. So I'm, I'm so glad that worked out the way that it did, dude. Yeah. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. You guys better make sure to take a vacation this year. I know. I went and bought some lottery tickets. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> hmm. yeah. Well, my friend, I'm going to go uh, hang out with some other adults, maybe have a beverage or two. Oh, and oh, uh, I'm, I'm about to get real looking up before me and Mrs. B-Rob start recording tonight. Good luck. Save some voice and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll hear it soon. I'm going to get my shit together. I got a thing to do in the morning. So for sure. we'll make it happen for sure. All right. All right. Take it easy, brother. You too. Bye.